Today, we're having a pretty serious discussion. I'd like to start a conversation about drug and alcohol abuse and use as an adult autistic. This is something that many of us struggle with. This might be something that you've encountered in your life, like many of us have. We use it to self-medicate, sometimes because we go for decades without knowing that we were autistic, that we were just wired differently, not understanding ourselves. And though we may have found lots of ways to handle some of the challenges that we have, sometimes we choose the things that aren't necessarily the best choice for us. And some of those choices can include drugs and alcohol. Today's guest is sharing his story and his challenges and struggles as an, and as an autistic and, and how drugs and alcohol came into his life, but also how he got clean and sober, how he got to the other side of it, and what his journey has taught him and what he's learned. I don't want anyone out there today if you're struggling with drugs or alcohol, if this has been part of how you've learned to cope and exist in the world because it, it was so hard and the struggles and the challenges that we face as autistics, the sensory issues, the anxiety, the depression, the things that happen as just an outpouring of our neurodiverse brain, and when we don't know that, it makes it really, really hard. I know that there are times in my life where I used alcohol to cope with social situations. And sometimes that alcohol use got a little out of control. And it didn't always lead to the best circumstances or outcomes for me. And the trauma that results from that, that's real. The hurts that come from that, those are real. But I want you to know there's another side. There's a better side. And there are other ways. There's other options. So join me today. Listen to my wonderful friend, Jordan Camp, as he shares his story with us. And be sure to check out the blog, Social Audi, and I'll have all the, show, all the information and links down in the show note, notes below to where you can get in touch with Jordan, reach out. Uh, he's going to be a guest blog poster for this week, and he's sharing his top tips along with some resources that we both want to share with you if you're looking to get clean and sober, if you're looking for some help. Because we do everything a little bit differently, and so we have to approach things a little differently. And I just want to start the conversation today we want to be voices that are heard, and I don't want anyone to be alone out there. I don't want anybody to be struggling and not know that there's somebody you can reach out and talk to. Jordan has put together a Gmail account that he's going to share, and it will be in the show notes below. So if you want to reach out and just talk to him, if you want to reach out and just talk to me, Social Audi is 
on all the platforms, but you can find me best on Facebook and Instagram and through my website. We don't want you to suffer alone. We don't want you to continue to be lost. We know that there's another side and we want you to be there. And we care about you. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Mind Your Autistic Brain with Social Audi. That's me, Carol Jean. And today I am joined by an amazing guest. His name is Jordan Camp. And Jordan is here to share with us his autism journey. But Jordan takes it a step further. Jordan is out there and he's talking about and embracing a topic that we as autistics really need to have a serious discussion about. It's about addiction. Drugs and alcohol come into our life, they come into our world, because sometimes that's where we can find some peace and some quiet. It's where we can calm the anxiety and those horrible things that just run around in our heads that we can't seem to stop. And Jordan has faced that, like many of us. I know alcohol has been a thing that I had to deal with in my life. So Jordan is joining us here today, and Jordan has a great message. He has a great story. He has been doing clean and sober here for the last 10 months. He's in an AA program, and Jordan's going to share with us his story and some tips also to help other people who might be struggling with a really similar thing, because we know this isn't just us, is it, Jordan? No, it's not. No, not. Thanks so much for being here today, Jordan. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. Thanks for having me, by the way. Absolutely. Um, so where do you want me to start? Well, let's start with the first question here. It's share with us your autism story. So how did you discover you were autistic? Where did this come into your world? So from a young age of three years old, I was diagnosed and um, my parents knew it before me. I had no clue that it was going on. Um, when I turned 15, I realized that I had it because of some of the social cues started to pop up. Um, some of the rational impulsive behavior started and um, just getting bullied consistently, feeling like I have a t- had a target on my back um, for about up until that 15 year marker. Um, so you've gone so- that whole time not knowing. Until you yeah. were in high school. Yeah. And did you come home one day and just say, like, okay, mom and dad, what's up? And they were like, no. oh, by the way. <laughs> no, it just was like, I did some self-reflecting on that and actually realized after the fact and sat and dwelled on it to the point where it just consumed me. And I actually got depression even worse and worse and worse. And I honestly wanted to kill myself because of it. Um, just the fact that that right there was a, a little prick at it, um, just made me feel like, oh, where's my sanity? Have I lost it? Am I even worth it? Have I even done anything significant to actually help others besides myself? How old were um, you when you started having all of these really big, big thoughts? I mean... Wondering about your impact on the world, that's a pretty big question for a 15-year-old. Well, that didn't happen until about early um, 
age 28. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. about right. Yeah. I think we all kind of start wondering about our life about then. <laughs> yeah, trying to take stuff seriously. Yeah. Stuff. So what were your initial feelings and thoughts once you realized, you know, hey, I'm autistic. Some, something's definitely different. How, what were um, your first feelings and thoughts on this? First um, initial thoughts were I was in denial because I hated myself because I made some awkward mistakes and uh, social cues that could have, couldn't have been rectified um, on so many levels. Um, denial because it was like I saw everybody else around me, my peers, and saw that they had normal lives, normal to my understanding of what normal actually was. Mm-hmm. And I just was depressed and sad. And it just was miserable. I couldn't get out of my funk. I asked my parents numerous times if they could get a um well let me back that up. Okay. So in high school I took myself off of my Adderall mm-hmm. for the fact that I was feeling like I was getting bullied because of that as well. So I sadly regret that as a 28-year-old because it was like I noticed now that back then that kept me on the straight and narrow. And I always wondered what it'd be like if my life was still on Adderall and I had not taken it, taken myself out of that mindset of not wanting to take it anymore. Would I have gone down the path of the drugs? Would I have gone down the path of the alcohol? Would have I gone down the path of any of the addictions that I accumulated over the years and stuff? Like the realistic point of view of things was, oh, here's this hurdle that I have to get over. How do I get over it from point A to point B? Point A being the age of 15, point B being current age and this time and point. And just the fact that I really wanted to do something about it. And being in the AA program itself has helped me realize it's not all about me. It isn't. I really can help others and take it upon myself to actually initiate some certain things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know this is, this is probably a a hard place to, to revisit and to talk about, but Jordan, would you mind sharing sort of what led up to your drug and alcohol use and sort of where did you hit rock bottom to decide, Hey, I got to do something different. Um, so the rock bottom hit in 2019 when I was just so sick and tired, came home from a work in a restaurant job and just didn't feel myself. I tried killing myself in the shower and I just was depressed to the point where I wanted to just be erased from existence. And so I took, I went to my dealer at the time he sold me some Xanax, quote unquote Xanax, which I still to this day don't understand what it was because like it never showed up in the toxicology report. Never, nothing, nothing showed up in the toxicology report when I got uh, sent to the emergency room. And so 
just the fact that I was stoned to every extent of the word stoned and drunk, I went and irritably attacked my dad. And that was just like, oh shit, pardon my French, but oh shit, everything's just crashing down now of all times before the fun even started, which in my head was a short-term fun, which isn't fun. Um, but the beginning was just because I took myself off the Adderall. I was bored and I wanted to hang out with some, hang out with my buddy who had been a huge influence on my life for 25 years now going on. And he and I went to a fast food joint and smoked uh, on the way over there. And then that's when it all just started spiraling down. And I just felt like that was the initial feeling of what I wanted to feel. And so I kept on going through it. Uh, one drug after another, one escalated into another, another escalated to another. Eventually, if I wasn't to stand here today and I wasn't sober, I'd be dead. And the fact that I made, well, I didn't make the decision, my mom and dad, I got to thank them because they called the cops on me because it was going to either hurt me or hurt them. And I don't want to have been able to live with myself if anything were to happen to them. So that was a rock bottom, but it was a double-sided sword, to be honest with you. Um, I experienced numerous things within the addiction that no one should ever have to go through. I've had five guns pulled on me that were one was because I was sleeping with a 45 year old woman that one morning I woke up restless um, and ran off the porch down, down to where uh, my roommate at the time was. And I asked him what this substance on the table was. And he said it was pixie dust, like candy. Mm -hmm. And I would jokingly flip the table. And he turned around pissed off. And all of a sudden, here I am in a chokehold, barely even breathing. And then his cousin had to pull him off me. Then I'm staring down a barrel. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why, why is this happening? How's, how did I get to this point? That was the start of a numerous occurrences of self um, understanding, um, self-esteem and, um, just tired of wanting to be on this earth. So that's, that was that. that's one of the big reasons that I started the channel and the podcast because the suicide rates are higher in our group. And yeah. sadly, I am in the biggest group as a female late diagnosed autistic 
that's a really big thing. And, you know, I've had suicidal ideology since I was six. I mean, you know, that that's a tough way to live. And that, that, that drives us to a lot of self-medication. And, you know, I think that, that you're here and you have gotten to the other side of this addiction and seen that, you know, hey, I can get on this other side, that there is another way to go. That's, yeah. that's what I think is so important that you're sharing. And, and I thank you for being vulnerable. And I thank you for doing that because I know shame and guilt are huge. I mean, we feel we beat ourselves up so often because we do get in that comparison trap, you know, and you mentioned yeah. it, that you were looking at your other friends and seeing, you know, hey, people have this quote unquote normal life. And I have everything but that. I, I feel so inconsistent and, and unstable in my world. And I don't have the safe security of, of what everybody else appears to have. Yeah. So as you started on this, you know, as you started on the process of coming to the other side, getting sober and, and looking at your life in a different way, What did you start to see? What were some things that really motivated you to keep you going? Um, The fact that I had to rely on my higher power. Um, I, one, started loving life because I was able to focus in on certain uh, projects. Like I'm currently going on my second year of growing a garden and I love gardening. That's oh, they're so great. My, we, we've well, got one out here right now. Yeah. yeah. I got a few peppers and tomatoes that are growing right now that I actually enjoy taking my time and meditating on and taking care of more and more of each day besides taking care of myself. Honestly, that's what helped me a lot in the long run. So you mentioned gardening and and so you found sort of a a passionate hobby and you mentioned meditation, uh, focusing on yourself. So, you know, what are some of the best things that you've learned about yourself or the thing that you've learned that's made life better? You know, knowing you're autistic and and knowing that your brain is different, you're wired differently and you experience the world in a different way. So how did you take that knowledge and, and what's the best thing that you've learned since that? Um, life is much more than you expect it to be. Each day is a new day. Each day is a new adventure. No matter how hard it was while you were under the influence and or sober and today's living with 10 months of sobriety, that doesn't fathom anything compared to what a bad day back then was. Um, I've gained a lot of friends. I've gained the respect of my parents. I've gained the respect of my siblings and my cousins. And I have a girlfriend now because I am sober and I love it. It's really one of the best things that I've ever accomplished. So, yeah. Yeah. 
What's what's a tip for something that you found really helped you after you got sober to start instead of getting caught in that old habit and that old trap of, you know, your brain running away and comparing and yourself to others in the world? What what's something that you started to use that's really helping you? Um, well, I used the numerous amounts of things. One was talking to people and reaching out, acknowledging that I had a problem and acknowledging that there was a solution. I just had to reach out and grab it. Um, like I said, gardening helped a lot. Keeping my mind on a full-time position. Um, I was currently working at a uh, landscaping business that just didn't really pan out, but it still kept me sober because it was the regular nine to five hours just in a truck uh, traveling from the northeast Ohio down to the southern parts of Ohio, just helping others and fixing ponds, doing other necessities for the landscaping that helped a lot as well. Um, being patient and doing some self-reflecting definitely did some numbers on my head to actually get me from point A to point B. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what's been the hardest part of your autism journey? What's been the most challenging part? Just accepting who I am as a person and knowing that the autism isn't physically able to be seen, but it's there. Cerebrally, it's there. There is something up there, just not what we expect it to be. So, because you because you can't see it, it's kind of hard yeah. to, to to say. You know, hey, this is the hey, specific. Yeah. It's, it's not like a broken leg <laughs> that no. everybody can look at. Yeah, I think we'd have to all agree with you on that one. I think yeah. that self-acceptance is probably the biggest hurdle we all we all face on that one for sure but I have to say that you know Jordan I hear your story and I I see what what you've gone through and the challenges that you faced and you have embraced the big scary other side and you've embraced it for for growth and change in a whole new way that's just really inspiring and encouraging and I have to tell you that you just being here today and showing up and being vulnerable, it's and just sharing yourself and your story with other people. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. That's making a difference in the world because there's somebody on the other side of this that's hearing your story that goes, you know, I, I've been there or I'm there. And yeah. you see that Jordan, Jordan's doing something different. And maybe I can try it too. Awesome. I'm happy that I can actually be someone of some significance to actually help others besides myself. I, it's been a lifelong goal. I just didn't know how to put um, connected dots to make it all happen. And finally, I woke up one morning while out in Washington State because that's initially when it all um compiled together was I was living living the best life on some really, really good R and R with some family and good people. And I was like, you know what? 
I want to do something with my life. If I don't do anything right now, I'm never going to get the chance because in the blink of an eye, I could be 99. And I wanted to do something about it. So I wrote that after I got back and I was like, you know what? That that actually sounds pretty damn awesome. And, <laughs> and that's actually that how, how we met Jordan. Is yeah. Jordan posted this amazing post in one of our autism groups that we're in together. And he reached out and he said, listen, I've gone through this journey and this recovery process and I'm clean and sober and I want to be able to share the things that I've learned with other autistic people so that they're, they know that there's somebody out there that, that can help and, and has been where they are. And I love that you're doing that. Uh, Jordan, what's the biggest tip that you want to share with other people who might be struggling with drug and, drugs and alcohol right now as you started your journey to get clean and sober, what's a really big tip you want people to know that's going to help? Well, I have three. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. On the top of my head, one, be patient. 100%. You got to be patient with yourself and allow it to run its course, no matter how hard it gets. Even if it gets unbearable, just fight through it, do what you can, stay strong, be connected. Um, just stay encouraged and being willing to open up to others before shutting down and just feeling like you're Superman and able to handle it yourself was something that I thought thoroughly throughout the process of five years of dealing with this hell that I created. Um, yeah, just being patient, reaching out to people and actually acknowledging that you have a problem. Leaving yourself vulnerable was probably one of the best things that I learned when I got sober. Living through a hard one too. What, it's a hard one and it's humbling, but you know, it's definitely well worth it. What were some of the things that helped you to, to let go and be vulnerable? Being with friends from the past, but accepting that life does have its twists and turns, that life is going to change no matter if you're on it or not. And allowing it to change for the greater, or if you don't allow it to change and you sit and dwell on it, it's going to change no matter way you look at it whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly, and just owning what you have. So that's some fantastic advice. And I have to say that you can, you can definitely tell that you have put in some hard work and you've put in a lot of, of thought into sharing. I appreciate you so much, Jordan. Thank you for being here on the mind, your autistic brain podcast. And Jordan is going to have a guest article on the Social Audi blog. And there you can go and connect with Jordan. You can read his latest article and find out how you can get some resources if you are struggling with drug and alcohol addiction as an autistic. We're always a little bit different. Our brains work a little bit differently. 
And so our recovery and our approach to recovery is going to be a little bit different. We got to be patient. Jordan said, number one, you got to be patient with yourself. You got to have a little grace in there and you have to be willing to get vulnerable. And I think those are some amazing tips. And I think those are some things that are going to help somebody else. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jordan. And thank you for being here. Be sure you you tune in next week. Absolutely. Absolutely.